didn't need a whole lot of VA. Dad always said they thought he needed the muscle instead of the might. Man, man, man. Started several churches. I was raised just that way. And I've, I've had my turn a few times. I wish I could say I've always made good decisions. one thing that we were consistent on, not just almost all the time, but all the time, never approach the pulpit without bearing down on it and having faith. Hallelujah. That's exactly what you're doing today. Don't let the devil worm his way. He's a worm. Don't. That's an old Louisiana term. Because of the oil field hands, you know. You got greenhorns and you got worms and then you got deck hands and it goes on up from there. The devil's a worm, so don't let him worm his way into your thinking this morning that because of the PA that your praise has not been acknowledged by heaven. Hallelujah. Oh, I remember when when it was flat top guitars. And sometimes they didn't have all those strings. Buddy, we had jerks. We had jerks. Sometimes all we had was a fat guy busting strings. It don't take no PA to do that. <laughs> I just got a feeling. I just got a feeling we fixing to just have a great time in the Holy I want to read from 1 Kings chapter 18. Who you hired? I didn't get to that. 1 Kings 18. I don't want to get to feeling so comfortable, you know, that y'all think I preach about something. Okay. 1 Kings 18. And uh, verse 41. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of meat. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and cast himself down upon the earth. I'm not going to be doing no demonstrating today. And put his face between his knees. We have a picture of a nation coming out of a drought. It does not happen all at once. It happens in stages. Elijah tells the king, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. They haven't had any rain three and a half years. The Bible said, and said unto his servants, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, I don't see nothing. And he said, go again. And he did that seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, yeah, I see something. 
just a little cloud. Out of the sea like a man. And he said, go up, say unto Ahab, prepare thy chariot, get thee down, that the rain stop down. It came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. The hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab and went into Jezreel. For all of you flat earthers, just go ahead and turn your hair loose off your head. A man standing on a mountain and he's looking out toward the curvature of the earth. And curvature it was. At 12 miles, he saw a cloud. Okay, you flat earthers can turn in again. Hallelujah. Pastor. Bless you, you can be seated. I love that portion of scripture. It is so neat that Elijah ran 17 miles and was outrunning the king's chariot because he was ready to rain. Okay, get ready, okay, get ready. You ready for this? I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I'm ready for rain. I can remember I've been fascinated by the creative process. I like to pick the parts and see how they uh, click, how they balance and coordinate. I'm that guy that's got to read about the author's mindset, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, or whatever. I, I got to know something about how the author's thinking and the creative process that inspired him or her to write the book. That helps me to uh, enjoy it a little bit better. The screenplay, the script, whatever. I, I am a student of the creative process. And when I hear a song that I like, or I get to meet the artist that wrote it, 
I want to ask the author, the uh, author of the song, an artist, how how did that start in your mind? There's a guy here. He knows that song. And uh, a few years ago, we got together and we were there. You are. I recognize that head anywhere. Hallelujah. Uh, we got to talking about songwriting while we was surrounding ourselves around food and all that good stuff. And uh, now he made it sound so easy. Uh, you know, he sent to this workshop and that workshop. He made it sound so easy. I've come to tell you today it ain't that easy. <laughs> Hallelujah. It, you know, but it's interesting. Many times the song started in a much different place than where it was when when you heard it. Hallelujah. I'd rather have it like that. And many times it didn't start with that good sound of finished lyrics that you finally get to enjoy. Uh, in fact, I'm just going to tell you, there's something about starting that feels a little shameful. Okay. You don't quite get it yet, but I'm fixing to prove it to you. Uh, have you ever been to the gym? And and you know you really got a lot of work to do. <laughs> Careful how much you dream. This is the truth about exercise. It's it's not good when you start. And you don't look good either. It's always ugh. There's something about the nature of faith that the Lord has been dealing with me about. And I, I want to insert something here that I may have to explore a little bit more later. And, and that is a the statement that I heard, what you call a problem, God calls a harvest. Does that bear repeating? Did it go slow enough for I think I went slow enough. There is something about the nature of faith that is illustrated by the rain. In 1 Kings chapter 18, we see it when Elijah says to Ahab that he hears the sound of a heavy or abundant rain. And, and often when it comes to the realm of faith, we hear things that we yet cannot see. And that's when a word of God comes into your life. You will not immediately see a change in your situation. It will first produce a change in you. If it doesn't produce a change, and I feel like telling you, and I know I'm going awful slow right now. Hallelujah. Uh, but uh, there are a few stages that you're going through if you're going to come out of the drought. Anybody want to come out of the drought? Tell your neighbor one more time, I'm ready for rain. 
Hallelujah. And when I say drought, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the dry season that you've been experiencing, that you hide from everybody else because your, your smile is still beautiful and your gestures are still perfect and your conduct is great, but there's been a drought inside. And, and if you were honest about it, on the edge of just losing it all or even the terminus of situations in your life for the worse and not the better. Because one thing that I found about dry seasons in my life is that my situation can be doing a whole lot better than my soul. You've got to get your brain wrapped around that one. I found that everybody else can look at my life and say, whew, they hooked up. Brother, man, I see evidence of success in their life. It's getting real deep here. You ready? This is deep. Hallelujah. If your wood's dry, if your heart is empty, if your motivations are not aligned, I can be appearing to be winning on the outside and weeping on the inside. Hallelujah. And so I'm, I'm preaching about coming out of the drought, but I want to approach it from another angle. I, I want to talk about the enemy that will try to keep you in a dry place. And I don't think there's a huge multiplicity of them, but I believe that there are about three at least, and, and they are in the text that I read to you. And so I'm going to use this text as a picture of the creative process. There is a creative aspect of faith. Yeah. Some denominations only apply faith to bees. That's where their faith comes from. I found the rest of my life needs faith. Now, I'm glad for the faith that took to get in the process of being saved, but I promise you, Sunday was gone at midnight and Monday rolled around, and I found out I needed faith. Well, hallelujah. Hebrews 11 and 1 said, Now faith is the substance, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not saying, basic uh, sentence structure grammatically says that faith is subject verb. Faith is substance and evidence. Faith itself is substance and evidence. When I get to heaven, I will no longer need faith. Everything there will be a sight reality. I need faith now. 
We've heard it over the years, haven't we? Now faith. And, and it is substance, and it is evidence. And so I'm looking at the stage where I have not seen him, but I love him. Oh, boy. There are some things that I know in my soul, but I do not yet see in my situation. And that's what faith is for. And so I guess I consider myself <coughs> that if you cut me to the core, you're going to find I'm a faith preacher. I'm so much a faith preacher that I'm not real popular along those lines anymore. You say, I don't want to get into that. I'll tell you what that is right now. If nothing happens, you ever been there? Some of you are there right now. You ever been there? Hallelujah. But I believe when nothing's happening, something's happening because my faith is rising. My faith rises in hard times. My faith rises in fallow times. It's got faith. Sometimes it's invisible because there will always be a stage of invisibility. And so you're going to be able to find yourself in one of these three stages <clears throat> wherever you are. Our faith has got to survive, first of all, the invisibility stage. And this is a stage where you may be like Elijah. Uh, by the way, I'm going to scream and yell in just a minute. Okay. <clears throat> I'm talking about the stage where you heard something, you sensed something, perceived or believe something, but you don't yet see it. Now, in the higher <coughs> of education, they call it the already not yet eschatological tension. Don't ask me to remember that. I wrote it down here. Hallelujah. And and it just means that as, as things unfold, there are certain realities of your new nature that you will experience already, but yet there is a part that is not yet fulfilled. The 41st verse of 1 Kings 18, Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound. Ahab didn't hear a word. Not, he, didn't, he didn't hear no sound. He didn't, he didn't hear thunder. He didn't see a black cloud. He didn't see lightning. All he heard was the words of the prophet. Get thee up, for I hear a sound of abundant grain. Oh, no, it ain't. Not if you just voice your thoughts. Or you have an outdoor wedding in your house. Or if you're a pastor. Standing by the front doors wondering, <laughs> you know, it's drizzling rain. It's misting rain. I mean, rain would be embarrassed to call itself a deluge with a mist. You always know what I'm talking about. 
I'll never forget the day that I was laid out there. I was 19 years old, come out of northern country where we weathered real hardship at times to make it to church. 23 miles was the shortest distance we ever drove to church. <clears throat> that was country. It was no metro areas where we were. And uh, because I find in metro areas, you drive just as far as my church. But uh, I, I will, I'll never forget standing in, a, in, in the pastor's house at 19 years old, and I'm, I'm looking over at him, and <clears throat> it was misting rain. It was in the middle of some of the best back roads, highways that you'd ever find, believe it or not, in the state of Mississippi. I said, what you doing? He said, oh, it's raining. We probably ain't going to get nobody to church today. I look out there, and it's barely drizzling. Drizzling, is that, that's more than misting, right? Well, it was misting. I didn't want to drive to church. He said, ain't nobody going to be in church. I said, how that happened? I thought he was cutting up. Honestly, I thought he was trying to joke and be funny. Oh, he said, this isn't funny. People down here, if it comes to rain, they don't come to church. I said, come on, man. You're kidding. No, I don't believe that. Oh, I'm telling you the truth. He was telling the truth. I don't want to go into that. I don't even want to go into what I told him. But sometimes rain. <laughs> don't look at him. <laughs> Hallelujah. In fact, snow may be beautiful. Down there one time when it snowed. I was with Doug and his family back in Hallelujah. We'll tell all the details there. But snow's pretty, but it's not not pretty on Sunday. That's pastor's perspective. Which means that the conditions of the weather and how they affect you. Uh, depend on your expectations. So if you've been in a famine like the children of Israel, uh, which you've had for three and a half years, and you hear the sound of heavy rain, it's not convenient. That's why when a preacher's preaching and people start looking at their watch and yawning, well, they're not yet desperate for a word of God. But you get in a situation where you really need God to speak. Where you know that you need every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. When you know that you cannot live on bread alone, <laughs> you ain't going to be looking at your clock. Come on now. You ain't going to be yawning. <laughs> You're going to be saying, please, God, take as long as you need to take for me to get a word from God. There'll be a heartbeat in you that says, speak, Lord, for thy servant is listening. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain as a 
Matter of fact, I've got seed in the ground. And unless it rains, they will not germinate. It will not come forth. So bring on the storm. Bring on the storm. Bring on the rain. The storm will only serve to reveal the foundation. Come on now. I'm going to build my house on the rock. Because when the storm comes, it doesn't move the house. It just exposes the foundation. Because the rains fell and the waters came up and the wind blew vehemently, it only exposed my foundation. It only exposed what I built my house on. I'm ready for rain. I can't hear you. I'm ready for rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. Elijah went to the top of Carmel, cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. Everything is in motion. Come on. Elijah is both a rainmaker and he is a refugee as well. And all of us are. Elijah's been hiding in a cave for three and a half years. All because he called for drought. Hallelujah. People started depending on sources other than God. And anytime you depend on a source that is not God, he'll cut you off. Because he will not allow your life to be sourced by something that cannot sustain your life. Oh, I know that that's pretty plain speak but he will cut you off for a little while. So you'll come back to what you needed all along because that's how much he loves you. Elijah's hiding this whole time because if Jezebel, who is in charge of the rain god, fail, then Elijah's in trouble. Now I got news for you. God will not be corralled or confined by human expectation. You walked in here and heard the sound system was down, and immediately you had some expectation that you had to fight and battle. Thank God you got over it. Thank God we got over it. Hallelujah. God will not be manipulated by the mechanics of humanity. And so the rain has stopped. And there will be seasons in your life where there will be that cutting off thing, that similar reason of God cutting you off. First thing you need to understand is he does not stop loving you. Does not stop providing for you. It's just that God will allow a situation to get your attention. And you can pray, you can ask Him to change the situation all you want. 
until you allow him to change you, then nothing is going to change in the situation. Is this okay? When the time came for Elijah to come forth and present himself before Ahab and Jezebel, that king and queen whose wickedness was responsible for that nation's famine, he came before them boldly and he called for a summit. By this time, he survived the drought, he survived the dry season, and he did it quite well. He did it by obeying the voice of the Lord. So when the voice of the Lord told him to go to the brook and I'll have a bird with a dirty mouth, a raven, <coughs> deliver food for you, he was able to survive. Come on now. I'm going to survive if it takes a dirty bird to do it. Or an angry one. Hallelujah. telling God how he can and cannot bless you. Stop telling God how he can and cannot feed you. Stop telling God what kind of method or style he can or cannot use. Oh, yeah, preacher. Amen. I'll carry that a little further. Stop telling God. about what song you like in church to worship him by. What if God wants to bless you in a different style? What if God wants to bless you in a different way? You see, he, he is very creative. I'm talking about God now. He's very creative, and so he's supplying Elijah at the brook, and the brook dries up. So God sends Elijah to a widow. Now, why would you send me to a widow to supply me? Because sometimes God wants to show you how great his supply is by sending you to someone who has a greater need than you had to begin with. Okay, sometime you'll realize in the course of meeting somebody else's need, how great God's supply already is in your life. Sometimes you got to pick up the couch cushions and dig around for old crusty quarters in order to bless somebody else to start the flowing going. Ooh, I'm a poet and didn't know it. Boy does all that. For three and a half years, he's a refugee. Uh, until the time comes for the refugee to become a rainmaker. And he gets all these props to make, all these rain dancers. And he makes fun of them, calls them names. He tells them their God has gone on a long journey which is a colloquialism for, hey, boys, maybe your little god Baal is in the back. Exactly what that little phrase meant. 
and, and, and they had a deal. Yeah. You call for fire, and I'll call for fire. And the God who answers, let him be God. And when Baal didn't answer, Elijah said, well, maybe he's in the bathroom. Maybe he can't hear you. So Elijah, he gets the barrels of water, and he wets the wood. Now, let me say, this is the nature of faith. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, and, and that's what you do when you're walking by faith. You soak the wood before you call for the fire. called for the fire. And this is how God proves his presence, by putting you in impossible situations. Sometimes we become a very comfortable body of believers, and it seems like we go through seasons where all we have to do is just mention it to God, and he just comes right on the scene. And we get so used to that sometimes that sometimes he has to prove himself to us by putting us in an impossible situation when you're in a stage called invisibility. And that's where you don't see him as anyway. Come on. Has anybody in the last three days said, This is also for going from one stage of success to the next. One man said, I feel like God is doing something new in me, but I just don't see the path yet. I'm going to say invisibility. I sense God doing it. I hear the sound of heavy rain. I don't see nothing yet. But while the king goes off to eat and drink, Elijah goes up to the top of the mountain and buries his face <coughs> between his knees. Okay, I need to explain. He buries his head, he closes his eyes, and he believes by faith that what he has spoken will come to pass. Was he seeing anything? No, because he had his eyes closed. And even if he did open his eyes, all he could see was dirt beneath him and trousers on either side of his He didn't get that. His servant runs up to the top, top, top of the mountain, and, and, and he, didn't, he didn't do it just once, but he did it seven times.
So the servant has been sent up to check to see if anything's happening. And he runs up that boogity boogity up that hill. And he comes back kind of trudging very trepidatiously. He goes back down the path. And it wasn't because he was afraid of falling down. He's got bad news for the man of God. In case you hadn't noticed, you don't want to give bad news to Elijah. Elijah's not the kind of guy you want to give bad news to. He just slew 850 false prophets. So here comes the servant. Mm, Bad news for the guy who just killed slightly under 1,000 false prophets. Elijah, don't look up. He's got his head stuck between his knees. If I ever got my head down there, I'd get stuck too. But I don't think that was the case with him. And I can explain that to this world. <laughs> oh, y'all please forgive me. Hallelujah. He's in this weird prayer position. <laughs> oh, God. If I hear you get my head shut off while I'm preaching. He's in this weird prayer position with his head between his knees. And now you've got to tell this guy who just told the king to get his chariot ready because it was fixing to rain. And quote, unquote, I didn't see nothing. you got to tell him, ain't nothing happening. Don't know that I want to do that. <clears throat> I want to ask you the question, was the servant wrong? Man, man, now we're talking about a rain cycle. So before you see the cloud form, it's rising from the sea. It has an invisible stage. And so something is happening. Something is happening when nothing is seen. Mm, I think I'm going just slow enough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know if you want me to tell Ahab the king slow down, slow down on that eating and drinking stuff because I don't know what you heard. I don't see nothing. You ever been there? Boom! Ah, got it. When you start the process, it always feels like nothing. You know, you know, you know what they packed in their coolers that day when Jesus went out to teach that huge hungry crowd of upwards of fifteen thousand people. You know what they packed in their coolers? Nothing. Ah. Nothing. I wonder if you're in the it's nothing here stage. I heard you preaching. (laughs) What do you think? Tell me. Tell me about my God. I believe he's real. Well, you'd be brave enough to raise your hand on that one, wouldn't you? Whoo, I. Uh, you vote on how I wasn't looking. Sorry about that. Nothing here. Hallelujah. Our churches go through things like this. I just don't know if we're going to survive this. And <laughs> Woo. We're going to give the devil a run for his money today. Hallelujah. Maybe the doctors told you there's nothing they can do. Maybe you were told since you were up. Little girl, there ain't nothing special about you. Or a little boy the same. You 
what it is, it's that invisibility stage. And it's tough because you know what you heard. Do you know what you heard? Well, I don't understand it. It don't look like nothing's happening, but I know I heard it. I know. I, boy, I feel faith rising up in this house right now. Hallelujah. I, I know what I sensed. I can't prove it. I don't have anything I can document, but 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 I sensed it. I know I did. And I, I, I realize that what I see is a direct contradiction of what I sensed and heard. And I know what it feels like to be looking at nothing and having a deep sense of something that I cannot see. Do you know what it's like to sense something and see nothing? Been praying for your kids, and the more you pray, the wilder they get. Come on now. Hallelujah. Loss of revenue. You've been praying for a miracle. No avenues anywhere. No way forward. Been there. Been there. I'm not going to chase that rabbit. Hallelujah. Now Elijah says something absolutely spectacular. I mean, this man said, yeah, your servant said, uh, 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 sir, brethren, prophet, uh, er, uh, er, uh, see nothing. And the prophet looks at him and says, no, you don't. And said, go look again. I mean, he knew what he heard. He knew what he sensed. And he also knew, okay, I'm not going to go there yet. He tells the servant, go look again. Crud, crud, crud. Bad news, man of God. Still nothing. I know I'm stretching this out. You know I'm good at that. Forever God here. Hallelujah. This is how faith feels. And believe it or not, this is how studying for a sermon feels. This is how it feels to write a song. Raise a kid. <laughs> this is how it feels to wait on God by faith. This is how it feels to worship God in a dry season. This is how it feels for three and a half years when you hear the sound, but you can't see the sign, and you can't see the season, and you can't see the cycle. Somebody shout nothing. I didn't hear you. Shout nothing. Go again, servant. Now Elijah's not moving. I want you to notice that. He don't go himself. He sends a runner. Maybe Elijah knows that if he uses his eyes, his faith You reckon that's why he's got his head stuck down between his knees? All he can see is this inside of his knees and the dirt beneath him, if he even chances to open his eyes? I believe that. I absolutely believe it. Maybe he knows that where I am right now and how it seems right now, I cannot, I will not look at my situation. I'm just going to listen right now. 
That's all I'm doing. I heard it. I know I heard it. I'm going to keep listening. I got to hear what God said because if I go by what I see, then I'll die in the drought. Oh, I know you're full of faith. I know you made a statement of faith. I know you said you heard, you sensed this and that and the other. But come on, let's get real. You need to make a decision to do something about this because it don't look like it's happening for you. And so you better, somebody maybe told you recently, it ain't working. You better go, you better go talk to your banker before it gets too bad. <laughs> you better look at your situation. <laughs> you, be, you better look at it. I, I mean, I know we got faith, but cold, stark reality. You ain't never been there, right? I have a feeling I'm preaching to the choir today. Hallelujah. You know the song I'm talking about. Hallelujah. I got to hear because if I go but want to see, I'll die in the drought. He goes again, comes back, nothing. <laughs> yeah, one lap, nothing, two laps, nothing, three, four, five, six laps, nothing. What if it was just one situation but different, but I know a fellow that dipped from Four, five, six, nothing, but the seventh time. <laughs> Woo! Can't someone said, "How come muddy Jordan?" So you can't open your eyes and see underwater. Oh, how simple is that? How simple is that? But when he come up the seventh time, like he'd been instructed, he saw plainly in clear daylight with good eyes. Like a baby skin. Oh, my Lord, have mercy on us. So keep keep going, servant. Five, six times. Pray again. <laughs> it ain't working. Sing again. Man, we might as well dismiss and go home and try this again Wednesday night. Praise him again. I will rejoice at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Praise God. Faith is evidence in substance. Hallelujah. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean he didn't speak it. There are people that are not seeing or hearing this now as far as I can see. And that doesn't mean that they aren't or will not. And so tonight, uh, today, I'll be pleased to say it's working. It's just working. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I know it doesn't seem like I'm, I'm just all that in a bag of chips right now, but I have, I have come with the power and the anointing to release faith in this house today. Oh, I know, I know, I, I know. I, I've, I've seen the days when we ripped and reared and roared and we kept it going till we were dripping with sweat. Come on. <clears throat> but we found out a long time ago that anointing and a word from God does not depend on volume. 
So I've come to release the power of faith to you today. Well, I'm going to say, how come you're not shouting? Because you don't have to. I release miracles. In the name of Jesus, I release healings. And I release deliverance. We may not be able to see it at the moment, but I believe it's happening right now. <clears throat> because nothing, nothing, somebody shout nothing. Nothing shall be impossible with God. I, I need a translation there, brother. Hallelujah. The only thing that is impossible with God is Hallelujah. The only thing that is impossible with God is nothing. Come on, shout it out. Shout it one more time. Come on, shout it like you did when LSU won. <laughs> Woo! It's never nothing. It's never nothing. If God's in it, it's Never, nothing. Woo, finally. The servant saw something. Elijah said, you mean it's not nothing? <laughs> yeah, it's not nothing, but it's small though. It's something. I see it. It's not nothing, but it's not. It's visible. It's not invisible, but it's not significant. And and that's the second stage. And I don't know, y'all still got it. But it don't take long once you get the foundation laid. You you can pop a wall up in a hurry. Hallelujah. The stage is it's visible. I see it, but it's not significant. Just a little boy, five loaves, two fish. And how will it feed so many? I mean, it's not nothing. But it's pretty insignificant. It's just a little bit of oil. It's uh, not nothing, but it ain't much. We have to learn to celebrate the insignificant. Does that make sense to anybody? My God, when it ain't rained in three and a half years and you see a little mist of humidity floating in the air, you ought to want to Hallelujah. You go, you'll find out that guy can still bust a move every now and then. <laughs> Hallelujah. Celebrate the bad start. Celebrate the soreness of the first start of the job. Who the hell does it? That didn't look good. I don't know if it'll ever be good. <laughs> Celebrate the small start. Come on. I know you're working on something. I know you're starting something. It, it may not be a sermon. It may not be a song. 
I get to writing, and I'm thinking, this is bad. <laughs> Woo! It always does. Sermon or song. This is bad. I, this is bad. This is going to have to get better. know what? I'm proud of my sucky starter. It's proof of my survival. What do you mean? It means I kept going when I was striking out. It meant I kept coming to the plate and swinging the bat. It means I went back when it wasn't much. It means I stuck with it when it was a little. And I'm proud of that. Come on. It's what made me strong enough to sustain, be sustained in the invisible stage and the in insignificant stage. you got to learn how to shout over the small stuff. So the servant said, it's the size of a man's hand. Okay, flat earther, turn your hearing aids off. He's like, you probably wonder what in the world I'm talking about. I'm supposed to get serious, flat earther. It seems like there has been an emergence of the earth world. Tell Ahab he better get in gear. <laughs> and the servant's thinking, oh, slow, slow down there, cool your jets just a little. It's just a little slow down. Elijah said, we got to go. I can't. I look at my hand. I look at my hand. I look at the cloud. It's the size of a man's hand. Don't you understand, servant? It's building. It's working. We got to ride this momentum. Come on, come on. You got to ride the momentum when it's a small, insignificant seeming thing. Ride the momentum. I know. Hallelujah. I know it's just a little cloud. Uh, but if we get out in front of it, if we get out in front of it, I, uh, I want you to watch what happens. I want you to watch what God does. If we'll get out in front of it, when it is insignificant. You can't wait till it's big. Get out in front of it while it's still small and watch what God will do. Little is much when God is in it. You got to learn to say in the face of insignificance, this is significant. I was looking just a few moments ago. There was nothing 12 miles out on the horizon. And I know it was invisible. There was something there. I just couldn't see it. Now it's a cloud. I don't know why it didn't dawn on the servant that at 12 miles, 
the size of a man's hand. A cloud is monumental. It's huge. Y'all didn't get that. Hallelujah. This is significant. This is significant. I'll never forget in Lufkin, Texas, back in 1986 or 7, I believe it was, I was preaching revival there, preached several long, long night after night revivals there. One revival, I think we was like in the seventh or eighth week, and lo and behold, somebody brought a guy into church in a wheelchair. The old boy had been in an auto accident. He had been in a coma for a long time. Come out of the coma, he's paralyzed from the neck down. He has a tracheotomy, which means he can only make guttural noises in his throat. He is stone deaf. His name is not Buster. His name is Glenn. And they brought him into church in an old auto accident. Of all things, I just recently remembered that not standing up. That isn't walking. That's significant. You know what he did? He stood up. And I got in the wheelchair. And he came around behind that wheelchair. And he pushed me back and forth. Back and forth. Across. Now I'm talking about he had not walked in a long time. Probably three years. Now, of course, he was tired when he got through. And he got back in the wheelchair to rest. I'll give him that much. We just saw a miracle. And that wasn't all. I don't know how God does things. We pray for him about his ears. No PA. No microphone. Stepped about five steps behind him and to this stone deaf person and said, Danny, say praise the Lord. Now watch Danny. There was no way, there was no lip reading going on. No sound coming through a PA. I saw Danny. 
kind of work his mouth just a little. And he said, praise the Lord. And all the way to the back of the building, in a normal speaking voice without shouting, yelling, just a normal conversational tone, all the way about five steps at a time till he was at the back of the building. Danny was up front, and everything he said to say, Danny repeated it. It didn't start that way. It started insignificant. But you've got to build the momentum and ride that momentum of the insignificant. Hallelujah. The way the enemy gets you to abandon your faith is by getting you to say, this doesn't mean anything. Small, insignificant. Hallelujah. Don't wait to say it when it begins to seem significant. Say it when it's insignificant. You started seeing it when you started searching and looking for it. Have you searched and looked today? Oh, come on now. You want a life that matters? Then make it matter. That's significant. It's the size of a man's hand. Elijah said, whoa, let's get out of Dodge. Let's go. This is significant. Small, but it's a start. I can barely see it, but it's a start. We got a long way to go. Because this famine's been three and a half years, and it ain't going to be over with overnight. But it's a start. Somebody ought to start today. Somebody ought to start today. I don't know what's faced you, but you need to start today. I don't know what has confronted you, but you need to start today. It might be just a small text. Out of nowhere. It, oh, my goodness. It might just be somebody put something on Facebook and it wasn't to you, but it was about you, and you thought, oh, oh, that is significant. Hey, my, my, my. Hallelujah. I want you to understand something. Just still being in faith is victory. Sometimes just making it is what matters. You got to start. You got to start. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Does anybody sense there's a shifting taking place? Hallelujah. And during this shifting, that is taking place. I wonder if you're really ready for the rain you believe for. If you just live in your thoughts or head, then your instinct is to just run. Oh, oh, we're going we to get something. We're going we to get something here. Are you ready for it? What's Elijah doing? For the last three and a half years, he's been running and surviving. So what does he do when the rain comes? He runs. Well, for a little while he's running ahead of the rain. He's running ahead of the chariot. He's running because he's ready for the next assignment. 
He's running because he believes revival has come to the nation. He's running because false prophets have been destroyed. They're dead in their own blood, and now revival can come. So Elijah runs barefooted 17 miles on the fuel of his faith, the fuel of the promise of God coming to pass. He runs ahead of it all. And then something happened. This is where we're at. If the enemy can't kill you in the invisible stage, if he cannot kill you in the insignificant stage, all he has left to try or do is intimidation. If the enemy, the enemy cannot keep God from making it rain. But maybe he can keep you from receiving. I'm a rainmaker. I'm a runner. And now I'm a refugee again. Oh, you didn't get that, did you? Watch what Elijah does when the storm came and Ahab went down, tattletailed to Jezebel. What Elijah done? She knew her days was numbered. There is a spirit that has exerted some control, attempted to exert some control over you, Pastor. Your family. And it has caused you to go through every stage that I have preached about today. But I want you to know, God said to tell you just a moment ago, that Jezebel's days are numbered. Her days are numbered. We call her a she, but she's not a she any more than she's a he or he's a she. Hallelujah. It's a spirit of control. It's a spirit that refuses to cohabit or be submitted to anything else other than herself. Her days are numbered. Her days are numbered. And so, knowing her days were numbered, she sent a messenger to Elijah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you something here. and you, You've seen the faith of a rainmaker. Now you're going to see the fear of a refugee, a runaway. Yeah, that's the truth. First Kings 19 and 2, Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also. If I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. I fear that's a pretty heavy message. You ought to call Amen after that. But that's a pretty heavy thought. <laughs> I thought y'all needed a light moment right there. We're looking for Elijah to tell Jezebel where she can go with all that noise. And what she can do. With all that sewage of threats coming out of her foul mouth. 
But the Bible said Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba, which means well of sevenfold oath or promise, in Judah, Beersheba, in Judah, Beersheba, well of sevenfold oath in praise, he left his servant there. I don't understand his running and the drought, yes. But this survivor is running for his life. Now, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't believe for one moment that you're afraid that Jezebel can kill you. If she could have killed you, she wouldn't have sent a messenger to warn you. She would have sent her bailiffs to arrest you. She knows she can't kill you. So she's trying to contain you. Feels like you can't go this way very much. I, I can do so much, but I can't go, and I can't go this way. I'm stuck, contained, and I'm stuck. Jezebel's desperate. You're not contained. Jezebel's desperate. Intimidation is not working with you. Jezebel is desperate because she cannot kill you, and she can't kill your dreams. She can't kill. She can't kill your progeny. She can't kill your destiny. She the devil found out a long time ago that he couldn't curse what God blessed. If he could have killed you, he would have killed you by now. Come on. If he could have taken you out, he would have taken you out. And since he couldn't kill you, he tries to contain you. So he intimidates you. Now Elijah's running, running from the same rain he prayed for. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16. I've got a few pointed statements I've got to make. I don't even know what I'm looking for. Some of us have a survival advantage. Some of us are better at surviving famine than we are living in blessing. He should have just stopped and let the miracle of the rain soak him down. He should have told Jezebel, Bring it on, baby. You can't kill me. You'd have done it already. You can't stop me. And your days are numbered. You're just like the enemy that realizes this. And the only thing you've got left in your toolbox is intimidation, which is designed to contain me. It ain't working, Nancy. Oh, you might as well laugh, shout, whatever you're going to do. But it ain't working, Nancy.
It ain't working, Jezebel. Does anybody feel a run on you? Come on, I don't know what you're waiting on. Somebody ought to just give it a big whoop and say, it ain't working on me, Jezebel. Ain't working on me, devil. I'm not going into the cave. I just came out of the cave. I've been hiding. I'm not hiding anymore. I've been contained. I'm not going to be contained anymore. I'm going to st- soak me down, Lord. I'm going to stay in the blessing of the miracle of rain, resulting of the actions of hearing but not seeing, the silent stage, the invisible stage, the insignificant small stage. Now, I'm no longer a refugee. I'm a rainmaker. I ain't running no more. I am going to abide in my miracle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've gone from being a survivor and a refugee to being a rainmaker. away from us, but they're coming back because Jezebel's days are numbered. I ain't going back. I'm not hiding in a cave watching what I say. I'm going to speak by faith what I hear, what I sense, and what seems to be invisible. We're going to see miracles. You're going to see miracles. Higher Praise Tabernacle is going to see miracles. Somebody shout, I believe it. Maybe you didn't hear that. Somebody shout, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. This is where the cue card says, shout here. music in case you didn't know it. I got a Bible for that. Hallelujah. Sister Morell, I got a word for you because you're the first lady of this place. And I don't mean this in the natural process of birth, but I saw you holding a baby in your arms. I want you to turn to the rest of the ladies of this bride of Christ that gathers in this place and say, get ready for babies. Come on, turn around and tell them. Get ready for babies. You believe in your first lady? Do you believe in your first lady? Get ready for babies. No, I'm talking about souls. You hear what I'm talking about? 
I'm talking about soul. son Jason and his children were living with us. Things were not good. It was just such a horrible thing. He was not living for God. His wife wasn't living for God. Had not lived for God probably at that time for at least 10 years. My second son. And I'll never forget the day that all of a sudden out of nowhere sunshiny day, not a cloud in the sky. Hot, hot Louisiana weather. All of a sudden, a couple of parish deputy cars pulled up in the driveway, and then a second car, and the mother of my grandchildren got off. The deputy looked at us and said, we have a court order. She's come after the babies. We had to watch them take them babies off. I wish I could tell you it was full of faith, but I wasn't. I just, I just felt dead. I watched Jason. My wife was over here on the porch swaying, and Jason was standing over here on this side, and I'm standing here. Saying, guys, you can't do this. I said, you don't know that gal like I do. I said, she's strung out on dope right now, and you are putting those kids in her hands. She, he said, I, I'm sorry. He said, Reverend, I know you're telling me the truth, but he said, my tears running down our face as we watched them take my grandbabies away. mother was all acting I won that nasty, nasty, nasty spirit we pulled out the driveway we're gone me and mama looked over at Jason big old six foot something big old boy Tough. Man size of anything he did. And tears just trickling down his face. All of a sudden, we had a cloud burst out of a clear, cloudless sky. And my wife. wrapped her arms around him and said, Jason, you know what that dream is? I said, no. He said, God saw this, and it made God cry. 
the same Lord. It was a few months after that. We went to court and completely uncontested. The judge gave my boy total, complete custody of the children. Mama went out screaming out of the courtroom. You good Christian people won, didn't you? Didn't say a word. We did just exactly what we'd always done. We just prayed, talked to the Lord about the situation. And I don't know, I don't, I don't know why I told that. But I feel like somebody's had some promises some dreams just ripped I've got news for you the judge is getting ready to speak remember those two ladies well that's been kind both of them had a child. They were both prostitutes. One of them over, overlaid her child and smothered it during the night. Took her child, put it in the arms of the other mother, took the living child to herself. They ended up in front of the judge. And the judge listened to both of them, spilled her story. And the judge said, Guard, Bring me to court. He said, lay the baby there. I'm going to take this sword and I'm going to cut this baby in half. Half for her, half for her. And as far as the kidnapper's mind, the false mother, that's even Stephen. Fair's fair. Half for her, half for him. Not fair, Judge. But Mama's heart was pounding. Mama's hands got clammy. And Mama said no to the judge. Though I skirted death to bring it right. Though I've had it these days to bond and love, I'm not willing to see it die. I'll give it up, Lord. I'll give it up, Judge. Don't kill my baby. And the judge said, give her the living child. She is the rightful mother. Jezebel's days are numbered. I come to tell somebody today, Jezebel's days are numbered. And because you've kept a right spirit, even when you think you didn't, you did. Your heart was motivated in the right way. I feel like the Lord is ready to execute 
his judgment and place things back in his due order. Could we love him? I know I've really preached a long time. I feel like I did. Preached a long time today. But I feel like God had all of this in purpose. Who knows if the PA had worked like it was supposed to, we'd have probably just had a shout down and might not have heard from the Lord. But we've heard from God in a special way today. And I'm ready for rain. I guess the Sunday school teachers and kids are still in the back, but they probably can't hear me anyway. But I'd say if they were in here, I'd say get ready for rain. You better get started planning on how to accommodate more children than you've had. I would say to the staff of this church, get ready because the demand on you is getting ready to be bigger than it's ever been. I feel the witness of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Choir leader. Choir leader. better get ready. The choir is fixing to be bigger than it's ever been. Praise team. Come on. Music department. Get ready to be on the cutting edge of what the Spirit is doing because Jezebel's days are numbered. You've come through a blow that I know nothing about. You've come through a blow, but I'm telling you, you survived. And God is getting ready to fill brand new people with the Holy Ghost, right and left. Get the baptistry ready if it's not ready already. And trouble the waters. Trouble the waters. Trouble the waters. Because they're getting ready to baptize. Services are not going to go by without baptisms taking place. Services are not going to go by without somebody getting the Holy Ghost. This is a miracle place. Always has been. Sing something for me.
Holy Ghost spoke to me the moment you stepped out into the aisle. And I don't know what it's about. I'm not guessing. I feel no pressure. I feel no pressure to add to and to and come up before. All I know is what I heard from the Lord. The Lord said, you've been ready for a miracle. You've been yearning for a miracle. And God's fixing to give you your miracle. In the name that is above every name. I speak the word of faith in the name of the Lord. I don't know whether this is spiritual or whether it's physical, but I feel like the Holy Ghost keeps speaking to me that there is a toxicity, something toxic, something poisonous. It's either 